0: Welcome to the Meeting on the Run podcast. Show notes can be found at knittingontherun.podbean.com. You can find me online on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept on Twitter as Windswept on Facebook as Windswept Designs, and I'd love for you to join our Ravelry group. You can also email me podcast at com. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Knitting on the Run podcast. Today is September 7th, 2017. Welcome back to any returning listeners and a big hello to any new listeners. Thank you very much for giving me a shot. First off, I uh, just want to say to anybody out there currently affected by Hurricane Harvey... And the fires out west, California, Pacific Northwest, Montana, you know, just hang in there, guys. It's really rough right now. And there's nothing I can say or do personally to make life better, but I'm thinking about you all. And to everybody coming up in the path of Irma, be careful, stay safe. I know my in-laws are down there in Florida, so I'm thinking a lot about you guys. And I hope everyone's going to be okay. Segments this week include whips, stash wearables out and about and on the run here we go for whips over the past couple weeks i have been working on the hitchhiker shawl for my mother-in-law it's a christmas gift it's an ito yarns kinu which is 100 percent silk it's kind of more like a raw silk it's not a smooth silky processed silk so it's really nice to work with because it doesn't fall off your needles which is lovely and um she saw another version I made of this in a similar color in a different yarn. Uh, and so I couldn't find that colorway in that yarn, because I bought it at Webb's ages ago and they were sold out. But I did find this, and it's a pretty similar colorway, so here comes a Christmas gift. Also, I have been working on the triangle shawl by Lee Meredith. I've gotten another inch or two done, which isn't bad considering I'm, you know, it's garter stitch and lace weight. Getting an inch sideways is pretty good accomplishment. I'm working on it in Arakania's Yumbrel, which is a lace weight cotton discontinued, and I'm using the pastels colorway, so it's peach, pink, sky blue, and light purple. And I have a new cast on, finally getting around to casting on Second Grace by Bristol Ivory in Barocco's Modern Cotton. I bought this yarn for myself last January. I got a gift card from my in-laws to Webb's, and I love this pattern when I saw Bristol release it. So I went ahead and bought all the yarn, like I said, back in January. And I'm just getting around to it now, and I have gotten a lot done since I threw my back out. And I've been sitting around a lot. Um, the body is just a few rows from the underarms, and also I have one and a half sleeves done. I'm using seven colors. The main color is green, a medium dark green. It's a kind of a hint of a blue tone to it. And then the fair isle parts are in navy, light blue, yellow, a sort of a rusty orange, medium purple, and turquoise. And I have lots of pictures of this online on Ravelry and on Instagram, and I will put some pictures in the show notes as well. It's forced me to learn three color at a time color work. And since I cannot get tension holding your in two hands at all, I've adapted that two-color continental style for color work that I've mentioned a few times to be a three-color hold, all in the left hand. I'm not a fan, (laughs) quite frankly. I'm doing it this way, but I've gotten to the point where I can do it, and I can make it look decent. I will be able to wear this sweater in public, and it should look good. But, oi I I am not a fan of three-color color color work. Oy vey, it's a pain, (laughs) to put it nicely. This is this is a clean podcast, so I will leave it at that. In stash, I bought some new yarn, Blue Heron Yarns Cotton Rayon Blend. I picked it up at A Great Yarn in Chatham, Cape Cod, Massachusetts last weekend. I love this yarn. I love Blue Heron colorways. They just, oh, they have beautiful colors. I've knit with them before. And this is a sort of um, tonal blue. It's not really a gradient. Um... Uh, it, but it's, it's very similar shades, like from medium to slightly darker medium blue lace weight. And I've knit with Blue hair many, many times in the past, and I, I love their yarn. So, uh, they were, a great yarn was running a, an annual clearance sale to make room for the fall yarns, and I picked these two up. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. And with all the talk Laura of the knit girls has been doing the past couple weeks about to even start, I am debating making it again. I've already knit it one and a half times. Yes, one and a half. That is, I finished one. I finished a full version of the even star in, I think it was sport weight, ages, years, years, years ago. And basically, that's just a gigantic blanket because it's huge. It's gorgeous, but it's huge. And I also made a skirt out of it. I did a provisional cast on and knit down from I think the second chart, maybe the end of the first chart, to the end and did the attached edging. And I haven't gone back yet to pick up from the provisional cast on and then knit sort of a tank top dress out of it. I, I might, my, my plan is to eventually, you know, put this over, um, a sheath dress or hopefully maybe a sheath dress with like crinoline or something to make the, the skirt poof a little bit because it is, you know, that gorgeous pattern. Someday I will get around to doing that. It's on the to-do list. You know, someday I will finish that for stash dash and I'll get a billion yards. <laughs> I'll crush my previous year's totals. Someday. Um, but I do I love this pattern, so I'm I'm really tempted to make the Even Star again with everyone chatting about it online. I love that pattern. If you haven't looked at it, you need to. It's it's just beautiful. In pattern stocking, I am stocking a cowl pattern, which is unusual for me. I'm not a cowl person, but I have been looking into patterns for Christmas gifts for some family members, and I found the let's see if we can pronounce it right. I my German is horrible. Lilisande. L-I-L-L-E-S-A-N-D by Monica Eckert. It's a colorboard cowl that I am debating making for my aunt for Christmas. It's beautiful. She did it in a gradient of dark reds paired with a white yarn. And it's sort of I want to say it's almost a cross between a flower and a snowflake. It's it's like 75% flower, but then it's definitely got a kind of a Christmassy snowflakey vibe to it as well. It's beautiful. And I have a white sparkly yarn and then a plain red yarn that I think would make a gorgeous, gorgeous cowl in. To the point where I'm seriously debating making one for my aunt and then making one for myself because I think I have just enough yarn to do it. I haven't bought the pattern yet, but don't be surprised if you hear me cast this one on in the next few weeks. On to wearables. It's starting to get cool again here in New England. Yeah, I know, work cold compared to the rest of the country, but even we start to get cool in September. Uh, Mommy's tunic, I wore that, I think, twice since I spoke to you folks last, and that is one of my own patterns. I knit it last spring, early summer, in Juniper Moon Farms Neve in a cornflower blue colorway. It is a, um, well, it's a tunic. It's an uh, A-line there's an empire waist. It's a pattern of my own and it's kind of an unusual construction. You first knit a cable band, which sits just under your bust. And then you pick up and knit the top, the, you know, the shoulders and the neckline, what have you, the bust area. And then the other side of the cable band, you pick up and knit the skirt of the tunic, for lack of a better word. And there is some lace details around the collar, around the, the sleeves, and also around the bottom of the, tu- the skirt of the tunic. It's a matching lace motif. And I love this pattern because it's just so comfy. I know I'm tooting my own horn. I apologize. I just, you know, when I find a really comfy pattern, I just, that's my, that's my mojo. When, When I want to knit something, I want to knit something super comfortable. And that's really my main criteria when I'm looking for something to make myself, which leads me to my second wearable. I was able to wear the Empire top, which I just finished a few weeks ago. It was cool enough to wear it on one evening, and it was really nice. That is the Empire top pattern by Lily Go. This is the first pattern I've knit by her. Actually, she was a new to me designer. I, I hadn't I actually even heard of her before. I found this pattern, and I couldn't resist it. I did not do the bell sleeves. I just knitted to the three quarter three quarter length sleeves. Excuse me, to just past the elbow. But I really like this pattern. It's sort of half pattern, half recipe because. It crisscrosses at the bust, so you have to get an exact fit. So she gives you the numbers to work through to get to the crisscross point, basically. And then she asks you to adjust it till you get the perfect fit. And then from that point on down, it's more of a recipe given the numbers you have on your needle so that you can get the perfect fit, which is nice. I can see why she took that approach. And I'm very happy with the pattern, and I knit a lot the summer, and I got a ton of yardage for stash dash on it, which was good, and I was finally able to wear it, which was really exciting. Um, yay. <laughs> more, more hand knits more wearables will come soon. I've got a whole bunch of sweaters itching to come out of the closet. In, out, and about. We spent Labor Day weekend at my parents' place on Cape Cod, which was good because I threw my back out the day we drove down. <laughs> well, that was fun. Um, I gotta say, my parents are super awesome. Even though I'm, you know, I'm over 30 and have kids of my own, my parents took great care of me and it, my back was feeling so much better. Um, we drove home till I threw it out again yesterday, wrestling my tantrumy toddler into the car. <sighs> yeah, but we had a great visit. Even though it was chilly, Cape Cod is really nice in the fall. I know everyone tends to go there in the spring and summer, you know, to see the beaches at the height of summer. And the water really can be a lot warmer than you think we get in New England by August. The the ocean water is really quite warm for us anyway. Um, But the the chill of fall really does bring a beauty out on the the Cape. The hydrangeas are just passing, but they still have all their color to them. And it's, it's a beautiful time of year. Into On the Run. Well, there has been no running in the last week since I threw my back out. The, the week prior to that, I was getting some good runs in, and legs are getting stronger, so that's good. But I at least have been able to walk my oldest son to school. Thankfully, we're about three-quarters of a mile, give or take, from the school, so it's, you know, three miles a day back and forth and, and back and forth, but it's good. At least it's something. Since there's not much running for me to talk about, I would like to continue talking more about injury prevention this week. I want to talk about a common foot problem that can lead to injuries further up in your kinetic chain, which is something we talked about last week. Specifically, I want to talk about pronation. In rough, non-medical terms, you can think of pronation as how your foot rolls through a step when you're walking. I know any of you medical folks out there are probably yelling at your device right now, but work with me here. I'm purposely trying to avoid medical jargon and anatomy terms. Because if you're like me, I never took anatomy. In school, I took biology, chemistry, physics. Heck, I even had three years of calculus, but never managed to get around to an anatomy class. So for those of you out there like me, I want to make sure you understand what I'm talking about. So, like me, you could be an overpronator which means when you're walking, your ankles roll inward when you walk. And when you push off, you're pushing primarily off your big toe, maybe your big toe on your, your second toe. You could be a supinator or underpronator. So when you walk, your ankles roll outward and you push off from the outside area of your foot, like your pinky toe, your, your second toe, you foot, and from the outside. You could be lucky and be a neutral walker if you are. Awesome. Good for you so you basically push off of all your toes your your foot your whole foot works essentially the way it's supposed to there's really no good way to determine yourself if you are a overpronator a supinator or a neutral walker because once you start thinking about it your gait will change so if you have knee and hip problems in particular i would really highly suggest you go to a running store even if you're not a runner because You can determine, you know, if you if you overpronate to a severe degree, you can get really nasty knee issues. I talked about this from experience. And once you know that, you can correct your gait, get either running shoes that correct your overpronation or get inserts for your flats and stuff that will help you. And suddenly your knees just won't hurt as much. Same thing, you know, they could be affecting your hips, your knees, anywhere further up your kinetic chain. It is really helpful to know these things about your own feet. Any running store worth their salt will have people who know how to determine your gait type. If you're at a running store and there's nobody there that can, run. That is not a good running store. People who work at a running store are there to fit you in a type of shoe that will help you run better. Obviously, they want to make a sale, but a part of their job of any good running store is to make sure that you are in the right type of shoe for your body so these people have usually been trained to some degree or other we'll leave that aside but they know how to recognize an overpronator and a supinator and they can direct you from there and once you know that you can take steps yourself like i said you can for your running and walking and, and everyday shoes you can you know sneakers maybe not everyday shoes but you know casual shoes you can get shoes that correct your overpronation or your supination You can buy shoes if you have really bad, say, overpronation. There are shoes that you can get, dress shoes, specifically designed for your feet. And I'm not talking those clunky old quote-unquote nurse's shoes that you see people wear. You can really get fashionable stuff these days that will help you. So you can wear those awesome-looking shoes and stop with the knee pain and stop with the hip pain. So this is really an important thing to learn about yourself if you are having pain. So. The takeaway message from today's On The Run is, like last week, kinetic chain, if you're having an issue with your kinetic chain, the, the cause is probably not where you're actually getting the injury. The injury often, not always, but often occurs somewhere else. You're having a mechanical issue somewhere in your kinetic chain. Other muscles are compensating. And so it's another muscle is breaking down because of the extra wear and tear it's doing compensate for your problem. So this week we discussed supernatural, supination, excuse me, and neutral walking, and this could be a cause of a breakdown in your kinetic chain. And next week we will hopefully be talking about some more things you can learn about yourself and some more injury prevention. Since I am sidelined again, I am rather thoroughly invested in injury prevention at this point, as you can well imagine. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. I'm going to leave it a little bit short this week because my back is killing me and I really want to go lie down for a few minutes while my son is still asleep. So I hope you all are having a decent week given everything that's going on in the world. Everybody bracing for Irma. Good luck. Stay safe. Be smart. And hope to see you all in a week or so. Keep something beautiful on your needles for me. Bye-bye.